podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us on this Nina Kaza show, which is brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your football viewing, where you can get 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. That's right, people, 25% off using the, using the coupon code AIVPN exclusively only on libertyshield.com. It is something that a lot of us on AI Pro use, ideal for those games where, you know, those games that aren't televised and it's handy, it's ideal, so get on it, people. libertyshield.com, your coupon code is AIVPN, where you can get 25% off. Talking about this game, oh, my God, what an absolute arse clencher. 2-1 to Liverpool, it was not easy. I'm used to Liverpool winning easy and smooth and me breezing. Not the case at all, but I have some awesome guests and some awesome callers. So, you know what? Let's get this rolling. We've had some technical issues. So, first up, let me introduce our first geezer on the podcast. It is the contributor, a contributor from the Indian AI podcast and writer for AI. An awesome dude. I'm great. I'm grateful to have him back on. It's Adi. Adi, welcome to the show. Good to be back, Nina. Uh, as you said, breathe and uh, just continue enjoying this unbelievable Liverpool side. Absolutely. And joining Adi, it is somebody whose technology always tells him that his heart rate is going too slow. I'm sure something similar was said today. He's also compared me to Roy Hodgson, but, you know, I still have him on as a guest because if I'm Roy Hodgson, he's fucking Sam Allardyce. It's Sam Evans. Sam, welcome to the show. I, I wish he was telling me my heart rate's too slow. It's yeah, it's it's too fast. Nina. Sorry, Re- really, really too fast. If, that, if I can screw up your name, what's your oh, heart rate? Well, seeing as you've already had a Roy Hodgson performance, I'm trying to record this pod so far. <laughs> with te- technical difficulties. <laughs> you might as well continue in the same vein. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's thanks for having me on again, Nina. It's. Uh, it, just what can we say about this Liverpool team, to be honest? It's, it's absolutely incredible how we just find a way to win every single time. And it's it's just just fantastic. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, uh, one thing I love about the NKS and people that listen and the people that join us on Discord, we watch from all parts of the world. We all connect. This team has us connected. But I'm going to bring you a sense of actuality, you know, some passion from, from the stadium, someone that was actually there. Gags, uh, bring it in. I was at a stage. Reds are top of the league. Reds are top of the league. <laughs> Reds at the top of the league. You know what? I, I, when we did take one, obviously, when you didn't record it, which was, like, flawless. And I'm so me, sorry. And, and also, I was walking in the crowd of Wolves fans. I was literally shitting myself that, you know, I'm talking about Liverpool winning. There's Wolves fans everywhere. But L- now literally. I'm in a car. I'm in a car. So I'm in a car and it's fine and I can say whatever the fuck I want. You know what? I fucking hate Wolves fans so badly oh my god when they scored it was awful and i just had visions of like tomorrow 
at the gym and at work. And, you know, this is my life at stake here at Reds. What are you doing? What are you doing to me? But thank God for Bobby, the away day king. And thank God for his Brazilian mate, Alison, who literally have handed us this win today. And, um, you know, Captain Fantastic as well. A goal and an assist. Although I thought Mo's stuff, when you talk about it, Mo, Mo for the goal was so good as well, even though he missed so many fucking chances. But I just, from, from a personal point of view, it was a great atmosphere. Um, Wolves were excellent, I have to say. They played so well. They really troubled us. Um, they're going to cry. They're going to cry. But they've been crying for fucking 50 years. They'll keep crying like babies tomorrow. But I'm just going to have this big smirk on my face. And, you know, now you're going to believe us. We're going to win the league. There's videos all over Twitter that I put on. I mean, it was it was immense. Um, it was nervy, but it was immense. And wow, Nin, fantastic, fantastic to win again. Fantastic to win here. Like I said, personally for me, this is a big game. There's a lot riding on it. I live here. And, you know, people know what I do for a living and what I do for this, this site. And it becomes... You know, it becomes, it just becomes, the situation would be untenable (laughs) for me. So, thank God for that. And I don't even believe in him. I'm not even going to lie. You know, there's one one. I was thinking, I fucking hate Gags' hometown. And I'm going to vent all my anger out on him. But, you know, you've obviously feel the same way. I was standing in the crowd, right, with Scousers going, yeah, those Wolves fans, they're cunts. Where are you from, Wolves? Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So funny. It was great. It was great. No, had a had a great time in the end, nervy, but then so good, fantastic. And I'm going to leave it there with you and let you enjoy the show. And the Reds, top of the league, 16 points clear. Enjoy a few days rest and let the kids play for a bit. Indeed. Thank you. Well, that was Gags. And you know what we'll do? Um, Adi, I think Gags just touched on something there. This team, they just keep winning. And I think the resilience of this you know, never say die attitude. They just win in so many different circumstances that it's come to a stage where you shouldn't really doubt us. When Jurgen Klopp said, I'm attorney to doubters to believers, I feel like that's fully fledged. I thought it, for me, it meant, oh, um, I'll turn into a doubter to a believer on a James Milner, but so much more. And we talked to me about that. We are winning in very, very different ways. And it's so much fun because we're not predictable anymore. Yep. And, you know, apart from a few idiots, most of this fan base now is a believer in Jordan Henderson as well. Uh, but uh, on the topic of believers, uh, for most of that second half, I didn't believe we'd, we'd do it. Uh, we weren't very good. We couldn't string two passes together, uh, mm. especially in that period at the start of the second half where Wolves were really going at it. Uh, I, I really didn't believe that we were going to do it. I thought um, law of averages, um, Wolves were playing really well, tough away day. You know, I... I at one point, I really said, let's just hold on for 1-1. One, one. Uh, not a bad point against a really good side. They've beaten some good teams at home. They've beaten City twice. Uh, but but as you said, you know, this team just keeps going on. Uh, unreal mentality. Uh, you know, we lost we lost Sadio today, which wasn't ideal. I think that, that put us back, really, I think, because uh, we weren't able to, you know, use uh, Sadio's ability to carry the ball and you know, always that outlet on the counter-attack. Minamino, I thought, still, obviously, betting into the side. Uh, but, again, uh, as Gag said, away day king uh, pops up. Brilliant finish. Uh, but, you know, uh, even though I said I didn't believe that we were going to do it, we had three really good chances in the second half. Uh, there was one mm-hmm. where Mo had to pass to Ox and 
uh, as he had to pass on many occasions throughout the game, did my head in. Uh, Bobby had a really good chance before he eventually scored. So even when we were crap, we had three really good chances. And that sums up this team. There's threat from everywhere. And uh, even when we're not playing well, we're always a threat, which is, un- which is unbelievable, really. Absolutely. And what, what do you make of uh, just the, the Reds' way of winning, Sam? It, it's just incredible, isn't it? The, the sheer will to win and the, the way they grind in these games out. You know, people, we, we used to say about Manu back in the day being jammy bastards and, you know, they were lucky to keep scraping these wins. It's no coincidence at all. It, it's clearly something to do with the team and the mentality and never say die attitude. And and they actually remind me a lot. A, a stat came up at the end of the game uh, saying that that's our 40th game unbeaten um, in, in a row in the league. And that actually matched the 04-05 Chelsea team. And I think we're actually really similar to them in, in quite a few ways. One one of the ways that we have found a bit like that Chelsea team is that we will be opening the scoring with with a set piece goal. Uh, I remember Chelsea used to get those cheap goals with John Terry or someone Ivanovic or someone going up for a header and nicking a, a goal from set pieces, and it's absolutely vital. And then they they were really good then at seeing out these tight tight games. And I just think we we've got that in abundance in this team, but so much more, you know, we've got so much quality in there. So um, it, it just, I, I was at the Man U game and I, I was so disappointed for, for Bino, you know, not getting that goal given. It was disallowed really harshly. And also Henderson having that shot, really good shot going into the top corner, being saved De Gea onto the post. So I thought it was really, really fitting that today those two guys managed to step up and, and score the two goals that got us over the line. Nice little bit of analysis there, lads. And I love the fact that you said the two very nearly men were, were the men today. You know, great shout there, Sam. Right, OK, um, because I fucked up a lot with the production element of this podcast, and yes, next week I'll be away. Gags is taking over. I've not been fired. Just letting you know, you will not hear me next week. But Gags will be on and he'll be producing as well. You'll have a flawless podcast, all things fingers crossed. Joining us next, I, I want to get to our callers because they've been so patient and I don't want to keep them waiting. It's probably a man that's going to have something to say about Adama Traore. Um, it's Hosue. Hosue, welcome to the show. think you need to click off the mic button, Hosue. Oh, yeah. can you hear me now? We can hear you. Welcome okay. back. Yes, thanks for having me on, Nina. Sorry. Um, um, yes, I do have a thing for Damatari, but I'll, I'll talk about him a little later. Right now, I must say that despite not playing well, we were due for a mediocre, almost bad game. But like tonight, we showed that even if we don't, we aren't on top of our game, you better come and bring your A game because we will punish you. So do not think that just because we're playing uh, bad, we won't score in, in the dying seconds and win this game. So lesson to Wolves, but credit to Wolves for, for doing uh, a decent... Well, they played well. They played very, very well. Um, so I'll just I'll jump into my question quickly. I was talking to a friend of mine about during the game. And uh, do we feel like uh, the Minamino sub was the right sub? Do you feel that it unbalanced the team and throughout the game uh, we noticed that uh, Klopp was kind of correcting his tactics because my friend pointed out that 
he had played, Minamino ended up playing like four different positions. So had we, should have, we have gone with uh, Origi, let's say, uh, instead of Minamino? Oh, that is uh, such a good question. And, and you know what, Sam, I'm going to come to you first on this one because it's, it's a player that we really wanted to see. I was quite surprised that Klopp brought him on, you know, because it was a bit of a baptism on fire. Don't get me wrong, we were winning 1-0 at this point, but I always thought Jurgen Klopp would bring him on when it's like 3-0 or something. And, you know, what, what do you think? Why? I mean, like, I was quite surprised that Jurgen Klopp would bring him on in that kind of game, in those kind of circumstances, away from home as well. I thought if he's going to bring him on in a circumstance, it'd be at home where he's a bit more comfortable. But um, I want to get your thoughts on him because I think that the whole team looked very different when um, Sadio Mane came off. I, I felt like we weren't as quick on the break. You know, we were certainly lacking that pace in the counter. But as a whole, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, his his inclusion in that game because I, I wasn't too concerned. I think everyone knew that he was going to have a bit of a tricky game and the player that he is as well, I think from for some parts he was out. I think he was out. Um, he played a lot outright, which is where he likes to play. But I felt like the formation didn't quite suit him. I think he's going to be quite a big asset when when we're a bit stronger in the midfield. Yeah, well, re- regards to the substitution, first of all, I think our hands are a bit tied considering the Keita and Shakiri injuries. So it's left us a bit light in those kind of options for people that could slot into those areas. And with Origi recently, uh, we've kind of been using him as a, as a last 20 kind of player, as was the case again today. Um, so I think he was keen to have on someone like Minamino, who is a bit more adaptable and can play in a few different positions. Because let's be honest, Wolves, first of all, are an excellent team. Uh, you know, quite possibly at this moment in time, the fourth best team in the league, I'd say. Um, so, you know, they, they caused us all manner of problems at Anfield and they caused us all manner of problems today. So I think it was always going to be a tricky substitution. But I think he, he probably thought that Minamino's versatility was probably the best option for, for today. Um, it didn't particularly work out that great. Uh, but Mo, Mo Chatra has actually put a very handy uh, quote from Klopp on the chat on here now, just saying that uh, it was really hard for Taki. He felt immediately his calf... He needed treatment at half time. Um, that was for his first Premier League game, exceptional. So um, maybe that would explain. You know, I think he was he was good. You know, Minamino. He didn't do anything. His first touch was lovely, by the way. His first he, touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was lovely, actually. Yeah, he kind of just dinked it over the man and, and ca- carried on with possession. You know, the the commentator seemed a bit skeptical. It was intentional, but I I, I think it was. Um, but yeah, he he showed nice glimpses he showed why he's someone we brought in he kind of blends in seamlessly and can fill gaps and you know a bit like in a very different way but a bit like Milner can play in many different positions I think he can do the same kind of role in the front kind of four (laughs) positions and and can kind of help us when we've got these injuries so um, he did struggle a bit but Overall, the injury kind of explains it. And also, I think he, he did a much better job than maybe Origi could have, especially the fact that we had to keep changing the formation. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think, Adi, I think Sam's touched on something really brilliant there. And I'd like for you to elaborate the versatility of Minamino, you know, and Hosway alluded to it as well. Like he was asked to kind of play very different, uh, you know, formations and play in different positions. And he tried his best at all of them, given the fact that he's a brand new guy in a brand new system, in a brand new team, in a brand new country, a difficult game to get involved in as well. Because like you've alluded to, Wolves did not make it easy. Yeah, <laughs> to put it mildly, Wolves didn't make it easy. Uh, I, I think, uh, first of all, I, I have to say that I didn't agree with the sub. Uh, I would have brought Origi on at the time, but I, I see why Klopp made it. Uh, and, you know, honestly, uh, there was this move in the first half with Salah on the counter-attack where Minamino was on the side in a lot of space. And if Salah had passed, he has a one-on-one. And if he scores that, you probably are looking at a very different game uh, for him personally and for the team. Uh Apart from that, I think second half, he looked a bit overwhelmed. And uh, as Sam said, the injury pro- probably explains that. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not really uh, getting involved in the game as much as uh, Klopp would have liked. Uh, I would have brought Origi on, especially because we had Ox on the pitch in midfield. And uh, I think when Ox plays, you you need someone to uh, ho- hold the touchline on the left, uh, like Mane. Origi does that when he plays on the left. You know, uh, he's, he's not Mane, but... On the times uh, that he's played on the left flank, uh, you know he holds up the ball decently, uh, combines combines all right with Robo. So I thought I thought we should have brought Origi on at the time, uh, but uh, definitely do see the logic in bringing Minamino on because uh, I think we played <laughs> we played four three three, four two three one, four four two, all sorts of formations at different points in the second half and. Um, Minamino and Ox and Firmino were the guys who were switching around all over the place. So, uh, the versatility helps. Um, the experience would help him for sure. Uh, this is as tough a game as we've played all season. Uh, this is as tough a Premier League away day as you'll have. Uh, the experience will help him for sure and hopefully he can kick on. Hopefully the injury is not anything serious and um, he can go to Shrewsbury uh, and put in a proper attacking performance. Absolutely. Um, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, um, I have to agree. I mean, if he can, if he can withstand that, I think he's going to be okay because that was a really, really tough game to be included into. I know he played against Everton, but that was with the kids. You know, this was a different proposition altogether. You know, a lot being asked, a lot in demand. And also, he got into some nice positions as well, didn't he? Uh, you know, let's not forget in the first half, he was in the box and had, had Salah just kind of just squared it to him. You know, he would have had a nice little side, you know, a side foot goal, in my opinion. That would have been a really easy goal for him. And, you know, what a way to kind of mark his... um his kind of senior debut in the Premier League. Um, Hoswe, I'll come back to you. You've heard what the panel have said. I'd like to hear your thoughts and anything else you've got to share with us. I definitely agree. Hey, listen, I need... Uh, I'm a big Minamino fan. I even got the, the AI shirt, you know, great quality, guys. Looks good on you, by the way. It looks good on you. So, um, yeah, no. Um, another thing I wanted to just ask is, uh, how do we feel about Fabinho coming out? I feel like he brought balance, uh, a little more balance. We needed ball uh, retention there. Um, you guys previously mentioned that we couldn't pass, I couldn't string two passes together, and we definitely needed someone to come in and kind of uh, hold the ball more, build a little more. And so um, how do we feel about that sub? I think it worked out perfectly. I'm, I'm all for it. But uh, it's super exciting to see uh, Fabinho get more minutes and see him back in the squad. Absolutely. And and 
Adi, I will, I will come to you first on this one. Uh, talk to me about Fabinho because what I found was we were really losing that midfield battle. I felt like it was getting really badly bypassed. I also felt like we looked really vulnerable on our left-hand side as well. And I think taking Ox off as well, where he looked quite impressive in the first half and he had quite a good game. In the second half, like most of the players, I felt like he looked a little out of his depth when, when the sort of the game changed up and obviously there was no Sadio Mane there, you know, to, to help, um, Robertson in, in an attacking sense. And I felt like that made sense to bring on Fabinho in a bit more of a central capacity in terms of a holding midfielder, which meant Ginny could move out to the left. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was crying for, crying out, screaming out for Fabinho to come on. Yeah. And he, he was all right. I mean, understandably rusty. He's been out for a couple of months now. So understandably rusty. Um, he was a culprit in giving the ball away a couple of times needlessly as well. But um, I think I think he did all right. Yes, Traore bounced off him a couple of times. But Traore really was unplayable on a lot of occasions tonight. Uh, but I think more than Fabinho coming on, as you said, uh, it, that substitution helped in the sense that Genie could go wider and that meant he could protect Robo a little bit more. Robo was on a yellow card as well. Uh, so he couldn't afford to be, go into another tackle on Traore. Uh, on Fabinho, yeah, I mean, good that he's getting minutes again because uh, irrespective of Henderson's form, you know that when Fabinho is fully fit, uh, back to full match fitness, he's going to take his spot at the base of that midfield. And uh, we've got the Champions League knockout stages coming up, Atletico, which is going to be a bit of a wrestling match and we'll need him for that. So, uh, all for him getting, getting these minutes back, uh, getting vital game time and getting back to match fitness. No, absolutely, absolutely. And Sam, what about yourself? What what did you make of it? I mean, it's just great to see Fabinho. I know you saw him a little bit um, against, uh, I think he came on against Man United. I'm a little bit everywhere. But of course, seeing him back on again today, ideal, much needed. He's back on. We need that defensive midfielder with the Champions League football as well. And in that game as well, where there was a lack of control. I mean, he did look rusty, but it's just his presence, in my opinion. Yeah, he did come on in the Man U game uh, just at the end, just to tighten things up and try and get us over the line. And that was, we were absolutely crying out for that again today as well. Uh, credit to Wolves, I thought they were excellent today and they were causing us all manner of problems. But when, oh, I've got some intro music. This pod is fucking epic. It's a fucking best the Turn your TV off, whoever that is, please. Players. Oh, <laughs> it's nice. It's like I got a theme tune. Who is days, that? Going to be there or thereabouts. Always, they might have a year off. Hustle it. It's hustle I think. I think it's hustle it. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. me in that no, Carry on. It's not. It's not me. Okay, Vakash, uh, go on mute, my dear. Do you um, me carry on? Yeah. Yeah, carry on. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it was nice theme music, to be fair. Um, yeah, with Fabinho, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he he brought something. You know, I, I was desperate for him to be starting today because I knew we'd have a really, really tough game. And his, you know, his ability to win the ball back for us, win the headers, because they were going long at times and we were struggling to, to manage it. Uh, but but mainly it's his quality on the ball. I thought when he came on, no, a passing really did noticeably improve and it did give us that better platform to be able to attack that little bit better so um you know his substitution coming on it really did kind of 
give us that platform in order to create just a couple more chances. You know, Firmino had a couple of chances near the end there. He had one really good chance, which he did miss, but then he had another one soon after. And I think a lot of that was down to just the pressure that we were putting on them then because we were keeping the ball that little bit better. And I think I'd give uh, Fabinho quite a bit of credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think not only does he sort of um, hold and defend and shield, I think, you know, he does have a vision for a pass and he is quite forward thinking as well. And I think, you know, he has a lot of qualities that this team needs and just to sort of calm down the midfield as well and, you know, screen the defence. Josue, I'll come back to you. I'll let you have the final say before we let you go. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with what was said. I'm just so happy uh, not to have to play Wolves again. That's for that's for darn sure, I swear. Um, okay, the last thing I have to bring up because I, I really enjoy Adama Traore is um, Adama Traore, what, a, what an attacking force he is. And I'm starting to look at him even like do more of an analysis on him and stuff. And I, I can see to a certain extent now why he wouldn't fit into a club system because I, I feel like he's great attacking, but I feel like he's lacking in other technical areas. So, um, I mean... For him, like once his his speed goes, I wonder where he's gonna end up in his career. You know, when he loses all that speed, because, um, yeah, he did provide a, an awesome pass, but um, some of his vision isn't there, and his head's down a lot, and he dribbles more than what I think he should. So, uh, I mean, ap- apart from that, I just want to kind of mention that on a on a demo. Absolutely. Um, well, Josue, thank you so much for joining us on this call. We will definitely discuss um, Adama Traore throughout this pod. We've just got another caller. We need to get to them as well. And we will definitely mention you when we talk about Adama Traore. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care, Josue. So that was Josue. We've had gags, but Josue, now we're going to move on to our third caller who has been waiting the most patiently. So I'm going to bring him on. You've heard him on this podcast. He's been a guest. He's a caller. He is the host of Comics in Motion. Welcome back, Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Nina. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. I'm really sorry Shakiri didn't feature. You can't talk about his hair. You know what? I just want to pick up on a point about Adama Traore. I mean, he is phenomenal. I don't think he'd fit in for us, but he is an absolute specimen. And I think after he's given up on his football days, he, he can take a boxing or something because I've just never seen anyone like him. He, he is phenomenal. And it's great that the team actually comes up against a challenge like that. And yeah, they had a hard time, but, but again, they just stand up to it, don't they? They do absolutely. I mean, is do you have any other any other questions or points? You know what? I came on. I didn't have any particular questions. <laughs> I just thought I'd spewed verbal diarrhea. Okay. I guess I I can I can come up to a, a few things. So yes. you know what? I, I finished the game and I'm full of nervous energy again, as I'm sure most people are. And I'm so thankful that there's this platform where I can talk to other people and sort of exercise some of that. But as we're waiting here, I stuck on the TV, flicked around on what was what was going on, and Terminator Two comes up, and I'm thinking that is us. That is, we are the T1000. We are absolutely slick. We're flexible. We're adaptable. I've said it before. The last time I came on, I just said I, I'm not sure I've seen a better Liverpool side than this. And I saw the the sides through the 80s. And they were just phenomenal at the time. I never thought I'd see a side like that again. 
I think this side is the best side I have ever seen and been able to properly appreciate. I guess if I was to boil it all down to a simple question, I've got to ask you about Jordan Henderson because I thought in 13-14, I thought when, when he got sent off against Man City, I thought that was the turning point. That is the moment when we lost the league and Henderson at that time was hugely underappreciated. But honestly, I thought that was him. That was his peak. That was his best days. And I've got to say, I, I personally, I think I was wrong um, from what I'm seeing now. And today, to 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 pop up with a goal, all right, it was his shoulder, but whatever. <laughs> and then the deft assist as well. I mean, at what point do we start to talk about Henderson, that he is truly world-class and, and we can start to see what Klopp clearly sees? Excellent question. And you know what, Sam, I will come to you first. We'll talk about Jordan Henderson first. And let's kind of talk about him because he did get a goal and an assist and you kind of spoke about how unlucky he was against Man United. It's also worth noting as well that he he's had to fill in a massive void. Him and Ginny, in all fairness, they've had to really step up in the absence of Fabinho. When Fabinho got injured, I thought people thought we were going to leak in the goals. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to look a little weak in the midfield. But it was in that period where he went on this mad run of form where he has been impressing. I think he was all over the pitch today again. Certainly in the first half, you know, he was literally everywhere. And I want to get your thoughts on this as well, because... Um, he might not be technically the best player, but he always like he's got a lot of commitment about him. And I, I, I am of the belief that I think just winning the Champions League and being a world champion has just injected some mad level of confidence in this team and the players where they just do not give up. It's not necessarily being the best in that position. It's it's basically being the, the grafter, the workhorse, and he's one of those players that is quite happy to let others shine. Yeah, you, you know what? There, there aren't many more divisive footballers in the world than Jordan Henderson at the moment. You know, he seems to be a bit of a marmite footballer. When you look on Twitter, people are either calling him the, the player of the year in the whole Premier League, or they're saying he's shit. Um, and I don't seem to understand how there's such a massive difference between the two opinions. Um, I think maybe... Where, where do you sit a... on that? Where, where, where do you sit on that? Because I'm actually in the middle of that. I don't think he's shit, but I don't think he's great. Yeah, well, I think you, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier. Like, just sheer ability-wise, right? There's, I think he doesn't stand out because he's not particularly fast. Mm. He, 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 he can't shoot particularly well. Um, he's is 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 uh, well. His passing has improved a lot, actually. But there's nothing. None of his kind of traits stand out as world class. So he's just good at everything. And I think because he doesn't kind of have the, that wow factor, people just look at him as just kind of a basic player. But you know, when I went to the game on on the weekend against Man United, I actually looked at him quite in detail because I just wanted to see. You know what Klopp is seeing. 
because obviously you know, I've always rated him, but never thought he's that great. But I thought against Manu, I watched the work he was doing, and you know when you're at the game, sometimes you see stuff that the camera's obviously not looking at. Mm. And and he was working his absolute socks off. He was I, I thought he was fantastic against Manu. Um, he was pressing the ball so well, and he's barking orders at everyone. And I just think he's he does a lot of things that maybe the stats won't actually show. Um, you know, I know it's not very popular at the moment to, to to praise him necessarily, but I just think he's one of these guys that uh, that sh- gives a lot of intangible um, good things on the pitch that maybe it's not going to show on a piece of paper what he's actually done. But when you see him, when you actually watch him closely, he's doing a lot to get this team organised and, and make sure that we are battling hard in that midfield because... The amount of games we've had this season where we've had to fight so, so hard to get over the line. You know, I don't know how many victories we've had this season, but we've had a lot. And a lot of games where the game, the, the match is still in the balance going into the closing stages. And for me, Jordan Henderson is one of the guys that is going 100% for the full 95 minutes, dragging this team through it. You know, he, he doesn't have the same quality as maybe some of our players, but I think it's his, his heart and his will to win and his sheer athleticism just constantly running that it just suits this team perfectly and it really does help, you know, the front three really get to do their job. Absolutely. And Adi, I'm going to come to you and I want to get your thoughts on this question as well. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, Jordan Henson as a player. And they, um, and they've actually mentioned, you know, what does Jurgen Klopp see that maybe necessarily us lot us lot don't and I always think that Jurgen Klopp loves somebody who works hard like I feel like that's maybe a blueprint for a Jurgen Klopp player I want to get your thoughts yeah of course all of this and uh, uh, I was listening to uh, the Jamie Carragher's podcast where he got Henderson on as a guest a couple of months ago and he was talking about how big an influence he wants to be on the dressing room and how he wants to influence the likes of Trent and Joe Gomez and to ensure that they're going for 90 minutes, uh, ensure that they're, they're happy in the dressing room. Uh, and these are big things for Klopp as well. We've seen that with, you know, Milner getting new contract, uh, Lalana in the dressing room, obviously a big figure as well. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's an unbelievable, unbelievable couple of months that Henderson's put together. Because let's not forget, at the start of the season, for a couple of months, he was not in very good form at all. Uh, uh, the, there was there was debate over whether he should start. Uh, there was whether debate over whether in the in that right sided central midfield role whether he was uh, hindering what Trent does on the on the right wing. Uh, but uh, as you said, you know Fabinho being out was was a huge blow, and uh, uh, him and and Gini they, they played all these games over the last two months and. Uh, uh, We've come out of, you know, a, a really, really tough run of six games. Uh, Leicester, Wolves, Sheffield United, uh, Tottenham, Man United and Wolves again uh, with 18 points and one goal conceded. And I think Henderson's been outstanding in all of those six games. Uh, the, the very fact that he's, people are just starting to now talk about, you know, Jordan Henderson, PFA Player of the Year, it warms my heart. It really does because... Uh, I felt that even when he got all that criticism, it was unfair on him. Uh, I felt that when he was getting criticism, it was because he was getting criticized uh, uh, as not being the successor to Steven Gerrard. Well, Steven Gerrard was Steven Gerrard and you 
you're not going to get another Steven Gerrard. But Jordan Henderson, um, an amazing Liverpool captain. I don't think we would swap him for anybody in world football right now. Uh, and I think apart from all the intangibles, uh, he, he's just been absolutely brilliant at football over the last couple of months. Um, uh, I think Simon Brundish, after the United game, put out a tweet saying, in the last three seasons, he created 12 big chances and seven of those were in the period after Fabinho got injured. So, clearly, there's there's been something that's improved in his game. He's played the number six role, which he's gotten criticised for a hell of a lot in the past. And he's been our best player in the last couple of months with without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and, you know, not far away, the day that Jordan Henderson's going to lift the Premier League, uh, there's going to be a lot of tears around uh, a lot of places in England. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, he is England's best midfielder. He's the best captain Liverpool can have. And uh, he's on an absolutely unbelievable run of form right now. Again, incredible tonight. Goal and assist. You can't ask for more. No, you absolutely can't. And I like the fact that you kind of mentioned the Steven Gerrard thing there as well. You know, the fact that, you know, in 13-14, he had to do a lot of running around for Steven Gerrard because Gerrard's legs were pretty much done, but he still had him as a mentor. And I think, Dave, I'll bring you back in. I want to get your thoughts on what we've kind of said about Steven Gerrard there, but I mean, about Jordan Henson there. But I feel like a lot of... I feel like it was the impossible task of taking the captaincy after Steven Gerrard. I think you're naturally always going to be compared to that great player, much like, you know, if you look at, say, for example, Man United, when Alex Ferguson left, you know, Moyes, like, that is, you know, it's literally, uh, you are being compared to something that you can't really achieve or you're not at that level. Don't get me wrong, Jordan Henderson, he's now become a European champion, he's a world champion. But I feel like for the longest part, I think there's just been this subconscious bias that he's not Steven Gerrard or he's not fit enough to be Steven Gerrard or he's not the player that Steven Gerrard was. And I think that's probably the worst thing that anyone can do is to compare him to Steven Gerrard because Steven Gerrard was in his right, his own player. And what a magnificent player and captain he was. And I feel like that's where a lot of the bias may have come from. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it, it's kind of one of those things I, I think we all did, even though that we consciously told ourselves not to do. You just can't help but do it. But I mean, what an unfair comparison because, yeah. you know, for all the great Liverpool teams over particularly like the 70s and the 80s, Gerard stood out beyond all of the different incarnations of the teams that he was in, the Julio teams, the Rafa teams and what have you. The, the Rodgers teams, he stood out above everyone else for the most part. It was only when Torres and Suarez probably pipped him. But generally speaking, he, he was the best player. And of course, I'm forgetting Owen, aren't I? But yeah, so, so he, he had that unenviable task of taking over that captain's role. And you mentioned Alex Ferguson there. And I think it was really unfair for Alex Ferguson to call him out in his book. He called out a young player saying that, you know, he doesn't like the way he looks or whatever. Got and, a, uh, he's got a funny gait when he runs and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, right, you fucking old bastard. Why, why the fuck <laughs> would you do that to any fucking young player? You know, what positive other than to try and, I don't know, inflate your own ego? And, and I, I just didn't see anything positive coming out of that. And like I say, I, I honestly thought 13-14 was, was the peak. I have to say, I want to pick up on, on Sam's point about he doesn't have any standout attribute. In that first season, the one thing that stood out to me 
was his first time passing was phenomenal. And that tells you a few things. That tells you about his technique, but it also tells you about his vision. Actually, how is he reading what's happening on the pitch? And I thought that, for me, when he was playing further up the pitch, stood out as that attribute. Now, since then, and, and I've been one of those, you know, <laughs> watching the game, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, get him off. What is he doing? You know, but I have to say, I, you know, he's, he's, he's won me back again. And, you know, because of the Ferguson thing, there will be, and this is 100% certainty because I'm saying it, and, you know, we will win the league, right? And there is nothing fucking better for me than Henderson raising that up and saying, fuck you, you red-nosed bastard, right? You slated me all those years ago, and this is me now. We're back on our perch. Fuck you. Thank you, Dave. We like that. Yeah, that was Dave. Um, guys, uh, just to quickly finish up on Jordan Henderson, you know, we, we've kind of lauded him with a lot of praise. He seems to be in a good run of form. Um, I think for me, um, my only concern would be is, you know, we, we have players and they have a dip in form and that's quite normal. And I think you should expect that. I think my only concern is if he does have that dip in form, that people will just turn all nasty and evil on him again. It It is a bit of a concern, isn't it? But, you know, one thing to mention as well is he had that really bad kind of heel issue that, that kind of plagued his career for about two or three years. And, and that's something he's had to come through as well. You know, he was having a lot of pain whilst running and, and was really struggling with that. And I think that kind of coincided with a bit of a drop in form for him. And I think a lot of people kind of based their opinions of Henderson in that period when he was struggling with injury. And, you know, in football, you do find that it's very hard to kind of win people back over again once they made their decisions on them. Um, you know, Lovren's had a lot of that in the past. And then sometimes he's come in this season and done well. Um, and I think Henderson now, as Dave touched on there, by the way, some some brilliant comments from Dave, absolutely fantastic uh, about Fergie, especially made me laugh. But, um, you know, he, he's won him over. And uh, I, I think that that thing with Fergie was just a cheap shot, I think, at a Liverpool player. And I think he would have happily had him at Man United. And I just think it's so nice for Henderson. You know, he's had some personal issues with his father's illness and things. Mm. Um, he's come through a lot. And the passion he shows on the pitch is, is kind of like a reflection of Klopp. And I think that's why Klopp loves him so much, is that he will give everything for this team. He will give his heart and soul for the team. And that is something worth his weight in gold. And I think that's why he's a special player for us. And that's why... He's so, so vital uh, in in the last two seasons, especially making us a team that, that very, very rarely loses games. No, for sure. And Steve Peets has just come in and he's just said, speaking of purchase, did you get your mum the roses um, 
your public demands to know. I did not. I did not. We just pretended like it didn't happen. And then Burnley happened. And now she's fucking angry at them. So she's got a new axe to grind. It's fun times being a Liverpool fan. And it's a grim time being a United fan. I do feel bad for her. But it is what it is. You know, deal with it. This is your turn now. Uh, but Adi, I'll come to you. Um, speaking of Jordan Henderson, I want to get your thoughts on on, on the whole situation of if he does have a, a dip in form. Uh, but you know what? Let's kind of focus on the positives first. I want to talk about his goal because Trent Corner, his movement in that box was actually pretty excellent. The way he kind of lost his man to kind of move and then connect with it with a header. Yeah, it, it looked like it, it was something they worked on because he won another header, similar run near post mm. in the second half as well, uh, which uh, Wolves cleared out. Uh, but but yeah, I think I wrote this on my uh, piece for Anfield Index tonight. Uh, uh, Adama Traore might have the biggest shoulder on the pitch tonight, but the most important touch of a shoulder came off Henderson. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, amazing movement. Uh, and it, it's nice that he's he's going forward in set pieces. I think uh, because Gomez plays centre-back, Gomez doesn't go forward on set pieces. That's allowed Henderson to get in the box because he's generally one of the two guys uh, with Robber who's who's covering at the back when um, if Lovren or Matip are playing, when Lovren and Matip and Burge obviously go up. Uh, but but yeah, I think it's it's nice that he went up because obviously you know that they're going to focus on on Van Dijk, maybe Firmino, uh, Salah. Um, so the fact that he was able to make that run and you know that you're going to get quality on the set piece from Trent. Uh, so, so that was outstanding. And I think just another point that I want to add on Henderson is the fact that he's been captain pretty much at... Every place he's been, captain or part of a leadership group, you know, he was he's England under 21's captain, uh, Liverpool captain. Uh, he is England vice captain, and we know that he's only vice captain because the poster boy has to be captain. Uh, there's there's no reason for so many different managers to see him as a leader if there are obvious flaws. Uh, the reason that he is part of a leadership group in every different team that he plays is is a testament to the fact that, you know. Sometimes you just leave the football to people who know it better. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, players are entitled to criticism and all of that. But uh, the fact that some of the criticism he's had to face has been so unfair and he's come out of that, all guns blazing has been really, really good. Uh, and after the goal today, I think the best part of the assist was that he took the ball off Salah. Uh, because I was, I was sure Salah was going to shoot from that situation. Just try to manufacture a yard and get the, get the shot away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to be fair to him, I thought Mo did brilliantly in the build-up, you know, to uh, to to get get past two players. Uh, but I was pretty sure that he was going to create another yard for himself and shoot. So uh, for Hendo to step in, a really good ball to Bobby, uh, capped off what was a really really good performance. I think he covered most distance on the pitch as well, um, and that you know is a granted with him. You, you're always going to get work rate. You're always going to get uh, non-stop running for 90 minutes. So. Uh, yeah, we we can't complain about Henderson and I'm really, really happy that he's finally putting in a string of performances where, you know, even the staunchest of haters can't say a word against him. They absolutely can't. And Sam, I'll let you talk about the goal and then we'll move on to other other topics. Yeah, well, yeah, so so good for Henderson to get the goal and the assist, of course. Um, the, the The goal itself... Obviously, it was a bit, bit, bit lucky. It did flick off his shoulder, but I think it was, you know, nothing more than he deserved. As I touched on earlier, that that effort he had against Man United hitting the post, he was so unlucky there. So I think he kind of earned his bit of luck. 
And I actually was watching the warm-up before the game against Man United. And one thing I noticed, in training, his finishing was absolutely fantastic. He was banging them in from all angles in the warm-up. And I just thought, you know, where has that been when, when you're playing games? So I don't know whether he's been working on it a lot and, and hopefully might start chipping in a little bit more in the tail end of the season. Maybe that's something just to watch out for. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Right, okay, let's move on to our next point of discussion. I want to talk about our defence and the goalkeeper in general. And Sam, I'm going to stick with you because even in the first half, you know, they were really called into action. You know, I don't I don't think, you know, Wolves pretty much stopped throughout the whole game. So I want to get your thoughts on how our defence kind of handled the whole situation with, you know, you know, the likes of Adama Traore, certainly in the second half, causing so many problems for Robertson, who was on a yellow, and I feel like that really affected him. But I felt like, you know, the likes of like Joe Gomez and, you know, Virgil van Dijk really had to be alert. And even the goalkeeper as well. It was one of those games where they looked a little nervy and maybe like even Virgil van Dijk was, you know, when he was like sort of clearing, you know, it wasn't as precise as usual. There was an element of panic, but I have to give them, I thought Trent had a really good game for most parts, but I feel like, you know, with the likes of Jimenez and of course Traore causing all kinds of crazy damage and, you know, trying to, you know, constantly creep in behind our defence, certainly in the first half, to deal with that kind of pressure just kind of speaks volumes about the defence where they were panicked and they, you know, they were under the cosh, but still were quite resilient and decent. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously Robbo was always going to have a tough game today with uh, Traore running at him constantly. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the guy is... Can I just say something? You know, his physicality, you, you watch... He looks more like a rugby player to me. He shocks me that oh. he... His build, he does not look like a footballer and he's so strong and, oh my God, I'm watching him and I'm thinking... His decision-making was really decent today. His crossing was better. I mean, don't get me wrong, when he shot on goal, when he could have crossed it, I was like, do that all day, every day. So now I'm, I'm quite happy with that. But as a whole, I was scared thinking, am I going to have to give this guy man of the match on my show? Because that would be disgraceful. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he has got the build of, say, a modern-day centre in rugby who will just kind of carry the ball and smash through the middle. Uh, to set the ball up for the, the the other players, you know he's he's that physical. Uh, there was that one incident where uh, Fabinho was actually on the pitch and and Fabinho tried to foul him because he was just going to be on the break and he just bounced him off. And it, at sometimes because he's so unique with his frame in this sport, he he's just unplayable at times. And I think he's someone that you've just got to accept that he, he's going to be very very difficult to mark if he's ever one on one there's a very good chance he's going to do you and get past you. Uh, In previous seasons, maybe people have been getting away with it a bit because his decision-making and delivery wasn't quite up to the standard uh, that it needed to be. But we have seen a bit of an upturn on that uh, front this season. He's been shipping in with goals and a few more assists uh, and just generally seems to be making better decisions now. So, you know, we were always going to have a tough day at the office for the defence today. It was always going to be a really big challenge. Um, as you said, Trent got it a bit easier. Uh, I think he you know, he did a good job today and, and was passing. Some of his cross-field passing sometimes, again, is just a, a, a sight to behold. It's amazing. But for me, I really thought Joe Gomez stood out at times today. 
Uh, there was a number of occasions where we tend to leave him back for corners. You know, no wonder he hasn't scored. Whenever we have a corner, we don't let him go up for corners, whereas Matip gets to go up. So, But we leave Gomez back because he's got incredible pace himself. And there was a couple of times where the break was on and the, the Wolves crowd really got up and, and started chanting because they could see the break for Traore was on. And Gomez snuffed it out again and again and again. And I thought, you know, he was he was probably our standout defender today. Uh, as you said, you know, Verge was still brilliant today again. It's just he did have a couple of ropey moments, but it, it's inevitable against that. That Wolves team has got a really good knack of putting you under pressure in really tricky positions uh, and forcing errors. So, you know, for me, the, this defence has come through a, f- a massive, massive test today with flying colours. And somehow we, we've even managed to come up with three points as well. So just, just so proud of the team and, and they just work their socks off. It isn't just quality. It's just the, the fighting mentality that they have as well. Absolutely. And Steve Pizza agrees with you there on Joe Gomez as well and putting in that block. Um, a shout out to you, Steve Pizza, again taking over my podcast as usual wouldn't have it any other way and Dell's just being himself he's just buzzing seeing the amount of points that Liverpool have accumulated they couldn't get relegated for the next two years wouldn't be Dell if he didn't say such things we love having him on um Adi I'll come to you talk to me about the defense because I felt like it was one of those games where yeah there were nervy moments and I think Sam's touched on it and I've said it as well but I want to get your thoughts because you know defending this team is not easy yeah, defending this team is not easy at all. But just having a couple of presences, you know, like Burge, is, mm. is so important. Because there was this one time in the second half when Traore was one-on-one with Virgil and he refused to take him on and took, took a shot from 30 yards that went wide. Uh, it's just his presence. Van Dijk really doesn't have to do much anymore to actually have an impact on the game because he has the psychological impact on the attackers. But I think Sam's spoken about the defence... Uh, I'll speak about the best goalkeeper in the world and uh, how how he comes up trumps almost every time we ask him to. Uh, we were under the cost. They were they were they were doing really well after they scored. You know, crowd on their back, really good momentum, and a couple of huge saves. You know, one of Raore, one of Jimenez, uh, which he took on the face. Uh, and like like Van Dijk, you know, there's there's a presence about Allison. Uh, you know that when he's there, he's not going to be beaten easily. He's not. He's going to save most, most things you throw at him. He's going to make the saves look easy as well. Uh, I remember when, when we signed Allison that uh, our good friend Shree said that he parries a lot of balls into dangerous areas. But these days, when he parries, it's, it's behind for a corner or he catches everything. Uh, so, he's definitely... Obviously, his game's come on since he's come to Liverpool. But it, it's just so reassuring for everyone. You know, for example, Robert today didn't have a good game at all. But... He knows that you know that there's Van Dijk to cover him. If if Van Dijk gets beaten, you still have a big hurdle to cross as the opposition when you have to cross Allison. Uh, best goalkeeper in the world, best centre back in the world, best team in the world. Nicely put, nicely put. I mean, I think we are running a little low on time, and it is getting a little late. 
I think we've kind of discussed the midfield. We've spoken about the defence. Let's talk about the attack. And Adi, I'll stick with you. What did you make of the attack? I thought it looked a lot more fluid when obviously Sadio Mane was on because you had two channels of pace. And of course, when he came off and, you know, Minamino, it was a bit of a baptism of fire, but I thought he did pretty well given the circumstances. I didn't look at him and think, oh, that's a clanger. Ooh, this or ooh, that. It just looked like a player that was kind of finding his feet. Um, you know, Mo Salah was, you know, seeing a lot of the ball, um, wanted to shoot at everything, which is what you expect from Mo Salah. And of course, Roberto Firmino just, um, just being absolutely magical right at the end. You know, it just goes to show that, you know, you could be pretty quiet. And, you know, he had a few chances as well. I think he had one before that. And it was probably easier for him to score that one. But what an absolutely magnificent goal. I mean, Mo Salah running in, you spoke about Jordan Henson taking the ball off him and then, passing it to Roberto Firmino and just that shot. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And I think for me, I didn't really appreciate the goal as much. I think there was just more relief, like, thank fuck. You know, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> uh, is, yeah, as you said, I think uh, we've had better games in attack, for sure. Mm. Uh, but, you know, in, in a league like the Premier League, you appreciate the fact that you're not going to be absolutely perfect in every department, in every game. You're not going to have 9 out of 10s in every game. And, you know, I thought, I thought as much as Salah was doing my head in for not passing, he had a really good game. You know, because yeah. he, he, he got on the ball. He was a threat all the time. He was getting past people. He was holding possession really well. Uh, I mean, I think it's a trade-off with Salah. You know, we, we love him when he scores his goals. So, uh, it's it's something you have with the best strikers in the world. They want to score all the time. They they want to, uh, you know, be the guys be the guy that makes the difference. And uh, yes, he should have passed. Yes, he should have made a couple of better decisions. Yes, he shouldn't have shot as much as he did. Uh, you know, two instances stand out when uh, one of them was a square ball to, to Minamino when he could have had a one and one. And then very similar in the second half where Ox was uh, free on the on our left and yes. could have had a shot at Patricio. Uh, but Salah went for the shot himself. Uh, but I think, to be fair to Wolves, they defended pretty well as well. Uh, uh, a lot of Salah's uh, shots were blocked. You know, Conor Cody was was really good again. I, I thought Dendonka was superb. Uh, so, you know, Wolves are a very good side all round, and they didn't allow us to be at our best. Uh, and Firmino, yeah, he's always there. And I, I love the way he manipulates the ball in the box because... Sometimes it might not work. Sometimes you think, why is he taking so long? Just get the shot off first time. But when it, when it comes off like it did today, you know, there was that a split-second delay before he took the shot. Uh, and that helped him get away from Conor Cody sliding into block. Uh, which uh, I think if he'd taken the shot straight away first time, I think Cody might have got a block on that. I'm not entirely sure. I've not watched it back. But I think he might have got a block on that. Uh, so the fact that He's intelligent enough, you know, split second. It was, it, was not, it was not dwelling on the ball for too long. Just a split second where you finish your slide, I'll make my space and then I'll, I'll, I'll go top bins. Uh, unreal, unreal. Absolutely unreal. Let's read some more of your comments. Steve W um, says, Trent Alexander-Arnold, first defender with 10-plus assists in multiple seasons in Premier League history. That was coming a bit more topical with regarding the, the attack clop on Minamino. It was really difficult for Taki. Um, uh, he he felt immediately his calf. He needed treatment at half-time. That was for his first Premier League game 
exceptional. Uh, Klopp was really impressed with this performance. Um, I, I hope I don't see any hate for Minamino on social media because that would just be absolutely ridiculous. Have there you not learned anything? Some, there are some idiots already. Oh, for fuck's sake. Have you not learned anything from Fabinho? Have you not learned anything from Firmino? Have you not learned anything from Jurgen Klopp when he first came? Just shut up and let these players grow and flourish. They continue to surprise you. This guy is awesome. Just give him time. Sam, come to you. Talk to me about the attack. And of course, Firmino's goal. Yeah, I, I'd love to. Um, yeah, I think it's a good point, actually. I think Salah's, Salah's a very strange player at times, right? He can be extremely frustrating to watch because he'll do everything and get to the last, you know, get to in front of the goal and then do something mad uh, and, and kind of blow the chance. He does have a lot of chances, but... Uh, but you always people... have faith in him, don't you? Because you think, all right, you fucked yeah. that one up, but you are going to score. Like, I, I have that faith in you. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's... it's they've, they've always said... Michael Owen always used to say this. He, he's like, if you're getting chances, you played well. Um, he, yes. he said that in uh, recently in, on BT, I think it was, and he was just saying like he'd come off the pitch and he's missed five chances, and he's like, oh, I had a great game. It was just they didn't go in today. Uh, you know, they'll go in next time." And I think Salah's got that kind of mentality as well. He doesn't let it phase him, and and that showed against Man United. You know, he missed an absolute sitter against Man U, and then scored that really great goal on the break then, and showed great strength there. So your mental and physical strength. So he's someone that is, even if he's not scoring or assisting, he's always, always, always contributing, you know, be it defensively with his pressing or is just his tireless running with the ball. He, he keeps the opposition guessing at all times. Um, it was a massive blow with uh, Mane obviously coming off injured. He's probably been our best, well, he has been our best attacking player, in my opinion, this season. Um, and Klopp has touched on it, saying that he, he felt his hamstring. Um, so fingers crossed that it's 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 only a minor little hamstring pull, and he he just come off as a precaution. You know, obviously he's played a lot of football recently, so maybe it's just one of those muscular injuries that happens with a bit of overplaying. So uh, he might need to just have a few weeks off. Uh, but for me, no, uh, I thought I, th- I thought he was excellent again today. Um, he, he does a lot of the things that maybe you don't notice again on the pitch. He's another one of those type of players for me. No, um, when he missed that chance, I was absolutely cursing him. At how he, you know, he'd be like, "Oh, come on, lift it, <laughs> put it in the top corner," as if it's the easiest thing in the whole wide world. But to be fair, it was a great save by the goalkeeper. But I was so relieved for him to actually get the goal in the end. Um. Lovely little first-time uh, ball by Henderson, actually. I think Dave was uh, saying earlier, wasn't he, about his first-time passing. And the ball just kind of broke to him. And he didn't break his stride and just pinged it straight through to Firmino. And that gave him the time then to, to actually, you know, take his place and, and, and just kind of slice it on the outside of his left foot into the corner. And as soon as that net bulged, I think I nearly broke my brother's hand with the high five that just came after it. And I was absolutely screaming. Uh, my girlfriend nearly passed out and <laughs> had a fright. Um, so I upset quite a few people, actually, with that goal. But I think it was totally worth it. Um, you know, overall, obviously, the, the, the attack, it wasn't vintage today. Uh, I think that's very safe to say. But... You know, when the going gets tough, these boys find a way to do it. And unbelievably, we've just done it again. 
And, you know, if you look at the league table, it's absolutely insane what we're doing. We've got 67 points at the moment, right? And we've got West Ham midweek next week now where no one else is playing. So that's our game in hand. If we win that game, right, we will go 19 points clear of Manchester City. And, you know, considering we've just had Spurs, we've had Man United and Wolves consecutively, three really tough games, they would have been targeting this as a chance to kind of reduce the gap at the top. We go and beat West Ham, we've only gone and extended it. That's a fucking excellent point. You, you know what? This is what I mean. You forget the teams and the calibre that they've had to face. And this usually Liverpool slip up in those games or something terrible happens. And, you know, January isn't the best of month for us. And, you know, we, we get a little anxious as Liverpool supporters. And this season, my God, those three games back to back, tough, tough games. And to come out with three, you know, with a flawless record, winning all three, Fucking exceptional. Dale's Del just put a picture of Conor Cordy after Firmino scored and he's got like the biggest grin on his face. You can tell he's scouts, can't you? <laughs> That's just made my fucking day that has. I think that might be the picture. Um, right, guys, any any final thoughts or takeaways from this game before we go into the, the, the man of the match? Um, uh, Adi, I'll come to you. Anything you want to say? Closure? Yeah, I think I've, I've, just, I've just put it on the group as well and you touched on it. Uh, we've won more games in January this year than in the last three years that Tom's mm. been in England combined. So that's that's one more jinx or whatever you want to call it. That's one more thing out of the way. Uh, Liverpool can win games in January. Liverpool can perform well in January. And uh, this Liverpool side is not going to let anything affect them. Here, here. Love it. Absolutely love it. Tough games as well as, as Sam pointed to um, uh, in his previous part. Sam, anything from this game closure? Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, it's a great point by Adi there, actually. You have noticed a, kind of a, a development of Klopp's style regards to rotation. Every season, he, he's slowly kind of mastering it, I think. And He's finding, like last season, 97 points, fantastic achievement. And, and that was very much due to his exceptional rotation and, and the way he's managing his squad's fitness. And even though he did that last season, he still struggled in January. So that's, that's a great point by Adi that he, we've actually managed to kind of banish the demons of January uh, this year. Uh, it's just West Ham uh, left now, isn't it? Uh, and then hopefully we could have got out to January with an absolutely flawless record. So that's brilliant. But uh, yeah, regards regards to the game itself, I just think it's just worth reiterating just how good Wolves are. And, you know, some people might criticise us for being poor today. I think it was more to do with how good Wolves were. I thought they were really, really good. And as I touched on earlier, I think they're still in with a great shout of being in the top four because Chelsea are starting to flounder a little bit and they're struggling to get a run on. If Wolves can get a bit of a run on, I wouldn't be all that surprised if they nicked into the top four. So it just it really does show how good a win this is today. And, you know, if if we're not going to win the league, if I'm not going to say we're going to win the league now after that, uh, I'm never going to say it. So come on, we're going to win the league. <laughs> love it absolutely love it love the positivity guys right I think we pretty much come to the end of this podcast it's just happy times it's great times uh, any um, your man of the match so Sam I'll stick, start with you who's your man of the match 
Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? For for man of the match, I think the the TV coverage for the overall man of the match uh, got it right with Traore because he, when you've got a guy like that on the pitch who's got that unique skill of of beating a man, they, they can just build their whole team around that, and it becomes undefendable. So I think they they probably got it right with regards to the overall man of the match, but obviously we only pick Liverpool players. And for me, it's, it's a tough one. Um, personally, I think I'd go for Joe Gomez. Um, this wasn't a game for the attack today, unfortunately. It was very much a game for grinding it out and, and finding a way to win. And Wolves had some really good opportunities today. And a lot of them were snuffed out by Joe Gomez today. And I think he was absolutely key in making sure that we kept the score down to just one. So. Um, and it's just it's just rewards for how Gomez is coming back into the team. You know, he started the season in the team and got bombed out straight away after the performance against Norwich and has had to fight and fight and fight to get his place back. You know, he dropped down to fourth choice. And now, since he's come back in for this run, he's been absolutely exceptional. Great shout. Absolutely great shout. Um, he's been doing so well as well. And, you know, just his leadership as well. Let's not forget how good he was against Everton as well with the kids having to lead them as well. I think Joe Gomez has been absolutely incredible. That is a good shout. What about yourself, Adi? I think I know where you're going to go. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Gomez and Alison, but I'm going to go Henderson. Uh, agree with everything that Sam said about Gomez. Alison made a uh, couple of huge saves, but uh, the the defining performance came from Henderson, goal assist, and a, a really really good midfield performance. Uh, so yeah, captain, fantastic. Oh, two two great shouts there, guys. Who's your man of the match? And let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Who would you put as your man of the match? I'm going to go with the, the guy who got the goal and assist. I think it's not every day that Jordan Henderson does those kind of things. And for those reasons alone, I think he's going to he's going to edge it for me. Although I think Joe Gomez was great. I think Alisson was great. I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold had a really, really good game. But I'm going to give it to Jordan Henderson based on the goal and the assist. So, guys, um, let us know your man of the match and your reasons why. We have come to the end of this podcast. Um, a massive thank you to all the people that have joined us live. And there are so many of you who've, who've um, sort of interacted with us. A massive shout out to all our callers. And also, whilst we're here, let's get some uh, plugs from our awesome guests. So, Adi, um, where can people find you on Twitter? And just some plugs, please, um, what you're working on. Yep, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aditya N underscore 28. Working on just post-match stuff for AI. Uh, not able to write too much uh, in the recent past because been a little bit stuck with work at uni. But uh, I've, just, I've just written the play ratings for tonight. Uh, go give that a read. Go give everything else on AI a read. Uh, and just soak in all the happy times we have being read Absolutely, absolutely. Do check out Adi's work there. He's an excellent, excellent writer and you'll be hearing more of him on the podcast. What about you, Sam? Where can people find you on Twitter and where can people find more of your work? Um, on Twitter, my handle is at Sambo Evans. Um, mainly, it's, it's just been podcast, really. So, I, uh, so obviously a lot of it will be slightly outdated now for the previous matches. But if you want to relive those, uh, you know, please feel free. Um the only other one I'd like to plug is 
uh, some of the AI Pro stuff is uh, Molby on the spot because I'm actually going to see Jan Molby on the weekend at an event local to myself. Nice. Um, so that'll be quite interesting, actually. And I'll have a little chat with him about AI. Um, but yeah, so uh, personally, yeah, just some of the stuff on AI Pro at the moment. I'm you know, a big fan of the the Money Talks one with uh, with Mo as well. And um, I like the fatigue index one as well. So, you know, if you want to drill down into a bit more details, some of those pods are my favourite. So, uh, yeah, maybe not plugging myself here, but plugging the uh, AI in general. Oh, wonderful. And you're going to have a wonderful time at the Malby event. He's literally one of the nicest humans you could possibly meet. Just so down to earth, so humble. So, yeah, Sam, you will enjoy your time there. And there is some awesome, awesome content on AI Pro, you little prick. I did some podcasts too. You didn't mention mine. Uh, there is a meeting matters that we don't Northcroft. Do check that one out as well. <laughs> awesome content. There's um, Under Pressure as well. There's going to be a Raw podcast scouted as well probably for the West Ham game as well uh, just so much incredible content for my part see senior scouse um uh, you know scouse samurai whatever whatever you think is the unbearables if you want to wear slogans without the local colors we have you covered myself and gags we are doing a thing on AITs where we create merch by fans for fans it has been doing so well Thank you so much for every single person that has supported us. We really appreciate it. Uh, keep sending us your pictures. Keep supporting us. Um, keep giving us feedback as well. We, we'd love to hear from you. Guys, um, all you've got to do is go on to AITs.co.uk or follow follow our Twitter handle at underscore AITs. Yep, check us out. It'll be incredible. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm not going to be on for the post-best game. I will be away. And also for the Southampton game as well. But Gags Tandon will be taking over. So he's not sacked me. He's just filling in for a short period of time. But guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. We certainly enjoyed it for most parts, even though it was squeaky bum time. But till next time, up the Reds. Podcast Network.